Hello, and welcome to SoundingTheLight.com, the place where you can connect to real artists, real stories, real talk. My name is Tara Tucker. I'm going to be your host today. I'm really excited that you are coming to visit today. What we are about here is basically what this site is called, is Sounding the Light, the light of God that is shining through artists who write and perform beautiful music. It's it's so wonderful, uplifting to hear the way that God is moving in these people that he has given this particular gifting to, how he is touching so many other people through them, and his light is being spread across the world through the darkness. It's it's uh, very exciting these days. So I'm just happy that we get to be a part of that. And through this, as we are listening and being uplifted and inspired, we can use these things to reach out to others. So today, I'm very happy to have someone on the line with me from Charlottesville, Virginia. Her name is Callie Garrett. She is a part of City Church out there in Virginia. And uh, wow, I can't wait for us to hear the beautiful things that God is doing through that church and through her and her singing. She writes a lot of uh, contemporary worship. The way that she presents it, it's just so passionate, so full of purpose. And once again, we, you know, we are going to be hearing her heart and her story in just a few minutes. First, before we hear from Callie, I would like to share a song of hers called Restoration Song from her CD called All Things New. Light called out from darkness At your word new life is brought out from the grave New songs are rising Hope is shining at your name Spirit breathing life into these bones Standing up in worship And the water is coming 
Once again, that was called Restoration Song from uh, the CD called All Things New by Callie Garrett with the City Church. And I am very pleased to have Callie on the line with me today. Callie, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I, I know that you have been extremely busy, <laughs> and i yeah. uh very excited to hear more about that um, in just a little bit. But uh, before we do, can you tell us a little bit about Restoration Song and where that came from? Sure. Um, so I guess the first thing that's important to share is that uh, the Lord has given me a mission statement for my life, and that is to lead transformational worship that enables and empowers people to go into all the world and bring transformation and healing to the nation. Um, And so the purpose of my life, really, is to raise up a generation of people um, that live in intimacy with with Jesus so that they carry that intimacy with them everywhere they go and ultimately bring um, healing to the nations. They bring transformation. They bring hope. Um, and restoration, which is, you know, the title of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing that's important to understand is that that's my heart, and that's usually the perspective that I'm coming from. Um, <clears throat> so Restoration Song was born out of a desire to see um, that restoration and healing brought to every nation. So you hear the chorus, it says, every nation cries out, every voice will sing hallelujah. Um, and so... Uh, the scriptures that this song are based off of are um, Ezekiel chapter 37, which is the Valley of Dry Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You hear in the pre-chorus, it says, Spirit breathing life into these bones. Um, and it's the idea that the Holy Spirit breathes life into what was once dead and um, can raise them up. And he raises up an army, a generation of people that stand and worship before him um, and carry that, that new life with them wherever they go. Um, so the first inspiration is Ezekiel 37. The second is Isaiah chapter 61, which is a prophecy about Jesus. Um, it talks about um, that the Spirit of the Lord is anointing him to bring good news, to release the captives, to um, to restore joy and gladness and all of those things. Um, and so that's more along the lines of he's coming to make all things new. He's coming to make all things right. Um, to bring heaven to earth. Um, and then the third scripture is Revelation 21.5, which I love. Um, so at the very end of Revelation, and you hear Jesus say, Behold, I am making everything new. Hmm. Um, and so you hear that at the end of the song, uh, you will make all things new, everything broken be made beautiful. And I just love the idea that Jesus is saying, I am making everything new. Um, it's not, I will make mm-hmm. things new, I have. Mm-hmm. I will at some point, but I'm constantly making everything new. Um, and that he takes what was once broken and he turns them into beautiful things. Um, and so you look at the, the cover art for the CD is um, a bunch of pieces of broken pottery mm-hmm. that have been rearranged into heart shape. And so I asked my friend, Tim, um, who lives in California, to design that for me. And I told him, um, just when you hear the phrase, everything broken be made beautiful, what do you think of? And so what he thought of was broken pieces of pottery, those jars of clay mm, you know, yeah. that um, are being restored into something new. And so um, anyways, that's kind of where the inspiration of the song lies in those scriptures that um, I really believe that God wants to bring healing and restoration, and he wants to do that through individual people. Um, and I'm just thankful that we get to be a part of that process each and every day. That is very inspiring. Um and I and I love your take on him making things beautiful now instead of, you know, because as we look around, it's so easy to see the 
you know, the sort of degrading of everything. Everything's breaking down, it seems, you know, mm-hmm. here in this world. But wow, I, I love that. That's very inspiring, encouraging. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. So let's go back to the beginning. And uh, where were you born? I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, um, which is a military town. Um, it's on the beach, so it's, you know, kind of beachy, relaxed atmosphere, but it's also very diverse mm-hmm. because um, we have military bases there and people are constantly coming and going when they're part of the Navy or the Air Force or the, the different branches of the government that they're working for. So um, I grew up and I lived there until I went to college and came to Charlottesville to attend the University of Virginia. And how long were you there? Um, well, I graduated from UVA in 2007. Um, and City Church is in Charlottesville, and um, I had started attending City Church my first year of college, um, and I attended because the worship pastor that was there was so good, <laughs> and um, I felt like I had Chris Tomlin at my church every Sunday. Mm. So, you know, for a 19-year-old college student, that's like huge. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I started attending City Church then, and um, City Church then hired me to take over as the worship pastor at the end of my third year of college um, when he moved away. Yeah. And so um, I've been on staff for almost eight and a half years now. Um, So I worked part-time through my last year of college and then came on full-time after I graduated and got married. Is music what you were going to college for? I have a double major in music and religious studies. So yes. So that works very well for you to to do what you're doing now. Yes. So in in the midst of your life... um, I mean, what are some growing up memories that you have? Oh, well, I have an older brother. His name is Keegan. Um, he is almost five years older than me. And so I think a lot of my memories growing up mm-hmm. um, have to do with him because I just really loved my brother. I still do. <laughs> um, and so pretty much everything that I did in my life, I did because he did it and I wanted to be just like him. <laughs> so um, I started playing the piano because he played the piano and I was encouraged to play the guitar because he played the guitar when he was little. And um, every sport I played, he had done already, you know. (laughs) So um, I was just like trying to be little Keegan running around, even though, you know, gender differences kind of are a big deal. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I just just really loved my brother and wanted to be just like him. So, Are you guys still close? Um, Yeah, he lives about... Seven, no, maybe five hours now from me. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't see him very much. He leads worship at his church and his wife does children's ministry at their church, and I'm on staff at my church. So most of the time when people can get off and go visit other people are times when we're working. Oh, right. So it's not very easy to, um, to see them often. But, um, yeah, so I see them... Definitely on major holidays, but other than that, it's it's a little bit more difficult to arrange. So, do you have any memories of you guys getting in trouble together? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> tell us one. <laughs> um, so we one day my parents were gone, and um, I don't know why we started doing this, but we started jumping on their bed, and um, you know, it was it was an older, it was a wooden bed, but it had a metal frame on the bottom queen size bed and we were just going to town jumping on this bed and um i remember um jumping up really high and landing on my bottom on the bed and hearing this crack oh 
huge crack. <laughs> was that your back or was that the bed? <laughs> oh, it was the bed. So Keegan and I look at each other and we're like, oh, no. So um, he uh, was like, okay, let's figure out where it is. So we kind of are looking around and we found a place where the frame had been. And so we thought that that's where it had broken. So we, you know, tried to cover it up and we didn't tell anybody. <laughs> And then um, our parents found it. Obviously, it's their bed. They sleep in it. They're going to know when they get in the bed that it's broken. Yeah. And um, they found out. And I don't. I don't remember how we got in trouble, but I just remember recently my dad told me that he had to like literally rebuild the frame, like <gasps> no. on the wooden part of the bed, because we had we had split the wood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I had no idea. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that we had done all that. Right. I didn't know that. Like, my kids did that now. I'd be so mad. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that's one way that we got in trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> the things that we actually lived through when we were little. Yeah. Yep. I have yeah. to keep those kind of memories uppermost in my mind when my kids do things. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yep. Wow. So, so you have children now? I do. Um, my husband's name is Daniel, and he is a high school teacher. We've been married nice. for seven and a half years. And um, we have two little girls. Hannah is our oldest, and she is six. And Leona, we call her Lele, she is <laughs> almost four. Aww. So yeah. tell me something. Do you, When you see them doing things together, does that ever shoot you back to when you were little? Um, well, my brother and I were so far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and these two are almost a little over two years apart, so mm-hmm. their age difference is, um, they're able to play together more. Um, and so I don't, it doesn't really do that for me, but it does, you know, it makes me really happy to see that they're friends and they love each other, and um, at least so far, you know. <laughs> I've never had a sister, so I don't know what it's like to have a sister. Mm-hmm. But um, so far, they... Um, they really enjoy each other. They love each other dearly. So that just, it just makes me really happy. That's cool. So when you were growing up, you were talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, that you learned piano and guitar. When did you, you know, because your brother was doing it, but when did you realize that, that music was something that you loved? Um, we had a family that was a part of our church. Um, they were the Hunter family, Johnny Mm -hmm. and Pat Hunter and their kids. And, um, so I grew up in a very white conservative church and they were one of the only black families that we had in the church. Um, just to give you some context of, <laughs> you know, how different they were from uh-huh. most of the other people in our church, you know, they were charismatic in their worship. They were, um, just charismatic in how they lived their lives. And it was beautiful. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, they also were worship leaders, musicians, the whole family. And, um, the dad, Johnny played the piano, um, mostly by ear, I think. And um, so he sat down next to me one day. We had gone over to their house, and I was sitting at their piano, and he asked me if I knew how to play improv. And um, I had been classically trained, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, no. <laughs> and he said, well, you, you know your theory, you know your scales, right? And yeah. He said, okay, so play a C chord. So play a C chord. He was like, okay, now do a little ditty. So I did a little ditty. And then he said, um, all right, now go to an F chord, but go to the inversions where you don't have to move very much. So I was like, okay. So I did that. He was like, all right, now do a little ditty. So I did another little ditty. He said, okay, now go back to C. So, um, and like literally that's all he told me was you play a chord, you do a little something in between, and then you go to the next one. Is that what started you going off into your whole 
music world? Yeah, I just started to really practice and put different chords together and see how they sounded. And then um, what I found was really hard was to figure out how to sing and play at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really complicated. And so I had to really practice. And I just remember trying not to get frustrated because it was a new thing. But eventually, someday, it just kind of clicked. And um, then I, I started to um, add improv to pieces that I was learning with my piano teacher, and she was gracious enough to let me, <laughs> like, read into what was not on the page, mm-hmm. you know? Like, um, a lot of piano teachers are like, no, you must play what's on the page. But uh-huh. she was gracious enough to allow me the freedom to really try to figure out what could fill in to some of the gaps that were in the music. Um, and so I'm really grateful for her. Um, her name is Mrs. Beatty. She was my piano teacher from the time I was five till I was 18. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, she was wonderful and um, just really kind, you know, to let me try to do that. So yeah, I think I was probably 14 or 15 when I started doing all that. Did you grow up in church? I did. When did you really feel like Jesus became a, a very personal part of your life? Well, I accepted to do this when I was five at Vacation Bible School. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as a kid, I always knew that there was something special about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it wasn't until I was probably in middle school, sixth or seventh grade, I transferred into a private Christian school. And um, each year they would have like a special week where you would go to chapel a little bit more. And it was more of a spiritual challenge Mm -hmm. to examine, you know, who you are and what you believe. And um, so during that first experience with that school of being challenged with my faith, I think um, that's when... I really made a decision to be like, yes, I, I really believe this is true and that it should have a deeper impact on my life, not just what I know, but, you know, who I am and what I do. So um, I would say probably in sixth grade, that's when that happened. When did you realize that, you know, that not only that you loved music, but that it was going to be such a big part of your life mixed in with who you are in Christ? When I was about 15, I don't know what caused this, but I just got this dream in my heart that I wanted to be a worship leader. Mm-hmm. And this is around the time that I think passion started to get big. Mm-hmm. Um, it was relatively new. And so the way that I taught myself to play the guitar was I got the passion songbooks, and I would learn the chords and play along with the songs um, as I was kind of going through the music with the songbooks. And so um, passion was really my only frame of reference for what it looked like to lead worship. Mm-hmm. for young people. Um, and so my dream, my heart was, I want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I want to lead worship for just huge masses of young people that are equipping them and sending them out to do awesome stuff. Um, and so <clears throat> as a worship leader, um, that's an exciting thought, but as an introvert, that's really scary. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, and I'm, people don't ever believe this about me, but I am like major introvert. You can ask my husband. We go <laughs> to like gatherings or whatever in the whole ride home. I am silent, mm. you know, so he knows mm-hmm. that when we get in the car, do not talk to Callie. She just needs some space right now. <laughs> um, mm. So it's counterintuitive for me to want to be involved in something that is, big like that, but I I guess that's why I think it's a God dream, because it's not something that I would naturally want. So, uh, yeah, when I was about 15, um, I just really had this desire in my heart that I wanted to lead worship for young people in a really big way, but I didn't have any idea what that was going to look like, and I still don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you get to work with young people a lot? 
in, in the city church? I do. Um, so I was involved in a fellowship group at UVA called Tri Alpha mm-hmm. when I was a student. Um, city church is an assembly of God church. Um, and the AG campus fellowship group is Chi Alpha. Um, and so we support them very heavily. We have a lot of involvement with them. So I get to mentor their worship leader and I get to um, lead some of their events that they have each year. Um, and we have a large group of college students that attend our church on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have lots of opportunities in my immediate church circle to um, to have an impact on young people and to get to build relationships with them and kind of pastor them into worship, which is really cool. That's very cool. Speaking of City Church, can you tell us what City Church is involved in, what you do there, um, you know, what some of the projects are that you guys are involved with right now? Sure. Um, Currently, what's happening right now in our church is uh, we have been supporting a ministry in town called Pacham. Pacham is the Latin word for peace. And um, what Pacham does is it provides overnight shelter for homeless men and women in our community. Um, so this morning when I got here for practice, mm-hmm. um, they were cleaning up um, from having the homeless men here for the week. Um, mm-hmm. And so our church gets to partner with this ministry. We house probably 40 or 50 homeless men throughout the week. We have cots upstairs in the auditorium. Um, we provide dinner and breakfast for them and movies, games, activities, small groups will come in um, and just hang out with them, get to know yeah. them and, um, you know, just hopefully make them feel special, make them feel like somebody actually cares, you know, just yes. handing them a dollar on the side of the road, but, you know, actually sitting down and engaging with them, playing chess with them or um, just trying to build more of a relationship and simply driving by them. Um, so that has been um, probably the most recent project that we have been a part of. So, and and that is put together with other churches around the city? Yes. So each church that wants to participate can sign up um, for however many numbers of weeks they want to do. So we have the men for the first week, Pacham is open in the year. Mm-hmm. And then we house the homeless women for the last week that Pacham is open in the spring. Okay. And so it's just through the winter? Fall and winter? Yes, it's just okay. the cold month. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's an every night thing? Yes. Wow, that's that's really amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, really, really it's cool. also very cool to be, uh, you know, partnering, not just coming from one church, but partnering as the body of Christ with other churches and denominations to be doing this. Yes, and uh, there's a lot of that happening in our city um, here in Charlottesville, which has been really cool. We started something called the Charlottesville Worship Collective last year, mm-hmm. um, and so what we do is once a month uh, we have a regular gathering where we have about probably 17 worship leaders on our list so far. You know, it's obviously open, anybody can come, mm-hmm. um, but we invite worship leaders from churches to just come together, support each other, pray for each other, talk about what's going on in our lives and our ministry, um, about what's relevant to um, what we're going through, what we're working through. Mm-hmm. And um, what's been awesome is that we have built this amazing community between each other and therefore between our churches. So mm-hmm. um, we started partnering together for events. And so I have people from the collective, other churches coming and leading worship with me for different events at our church. And um, then, you know, it'll kind of be the reverse. They'll have something going on where 
they'll invite um, worship leaders or even members from people's teams to come and play with them um, for various things. And uh, we started writing music together. We started recording together. We started hanging out and Mm. making really great friendships. Um, And uh, back in May, we had something called Synergy, um, which is a night of worship for our whole city. We combined our worship teams, and uh, we had about 15 churches represented on the stage that night to invite uh, our city to come together for a night of worship um, to unify together as a body. And it was awesome. I mean... Charlottesville is not a big city, so when you pack out a theater with 6,000 people <laughs> that are simply there to come and worship the Lord, you know, it is a really big deal. And um, so we're excited to do that again this year. That is very exciting. So what denominations are represented in all of that? Well, let's see. A uh, couple of Baptists, uh-huh. a lot of non-denominational, uh, Presbyterian, Episcopal, Vineyard. Wow. Um and then there are some that are in the Grace Network that have been a part of it. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Oh, <laughs> one of Wesleyan. Yeah, one's Wesleyan. Um, so just all different kinds of people, um, which is just really cool. Well, that is that is really beautiful, in it, and I think that that is such a representation of what we are supposed to be. You know, instead of being at odds with each other because you know maybe people believe a little bit differently than somebody else, you know, we're we're mm-hmm. to come together like that, and and uh, you right. know, really just help to shine the light and and build the kingdom. That's I love seeing that in in actuality. There, that's great yeah, for sure. So that leads us up to your latest um, project, which is. The song called City Burning. Yep. So that is its own single. It's its own single, yep. Okay. That was just released on Tuesday. So Yay. Cool. Yay. That's awesome. Congrats on that. Thanks. How long was that in the making? Uh, well, you know, I wrote it two days after that big worship night that we had. Hmm. Um, and it was kind of in response to that big night of worship. But we recorded it, started recording it back in September. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just been waiting anxiously. <laughs> I bet. What do you want to do with that song? Um, wow. Well, what would you like to see happen with that song? I want it to inspire people to live a life that's bigger than themselves. Um, and I want it to inspire people to dream for their church to be bigger than just itself. Hmm. Um, I, I really want people to live with that outward focus that Jesus came to bring heaven to earth and that we get to partner with that process, kind of like I shared earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, the song comes from a couple of different scriptures. Um, one of them is Matthew five fourteen that you are the light of the world. The city on the hill cannot be hidden, you know, mm-hmm. scripture. But also um, Isaiah chapter 60 is, um, I really like Isaiah, if you can't tell. Um, but Isaiah chapter 60 talks about, um, I'll just read it real quick. It says, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And so for me, it's the whole idea that we have an opportunity as a body of Christ to um, contend for our city to be a place that is shining and burning with the glory of the Lord, burning for His glory. And um, it draws people to Him. 
you know, they see that mm-hmm. and they just think, you know, that I want to be a part of that and I, I want to have what they have. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know this Jesus that they're talking about. And it's so that everyone will come to know him, so that everyone will walk in intimacy with him. Um, and so, you know, unity is a huge way that that happens. Um, so the pre-chorus says, let, let our worship be the price for unity. And that came out of the idea that we're coming together in worship as a city to, mm-hmm. to come together in unity and uh, that that draws people to the Lord. It's a huge testimony. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's why I'm excited about that song. That's very exciting. I love the inspiration behind that. Uh, and I really appreciate you, you know, letting us hear this or sharing this song especially since it is so new i'm very excited to be sharing this and so once again listeners this song is called city burning by callie garrett for everyone to know your name hear our prayer our one desire to live the fullness of this our prayer, our one desire. Let our worship be the price for unity. Together we will be a city burning for your glory.
Yeah, I love the passion and the excitement that just builds out of that song. It's such a great one, such a great one, and, and I can yeah. hear your heart in that. Um, can you talk about the recording experience? Is this um, with uh, instrumentalists from City Church? So, um, on this particular song, uh, Jesse, who is our drummer, who also raps on All Things New, in mm-hmm. number nine, by your hand reprise, um, he came down with me and played the drums. And um, I played the piano on it, but the rest of the instruments are um, session players from the okay. studio. Okay. What studio are you using? Uh, well, this is a whole other story, but we <laughs> um, we have been recording with Gat3 Studios in Charlotte, North mm-hmm. Carolina. So we had to travel a little bit to get there, but um, <clears throat> the cool thing about this whole process of beginning to write and record has been that I didn't pursue I didn't ask for it. Mm. I didn't really want it. Um, and literally every step in the process from beginning to write to beginning to record to finding somebody to do admin to, you know, every other thing has been something that the Lord has presented to me. And mm-hmm. I simply had to say yes. Hmm. Um, I haven't sought any of it out. Like I said, um, it's just been like, here you go. Do you want to do this or not? <laughs> How did this come about then? So, uh, I had been talking to a friend of mine who co-produced All Things New, his name is James, about going out to Detroit to record with him, but I just didn't feel like it was the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so I sent him an email and said, hey, I just there's a couple of reasons why, but I just don't feel like this is the right thing right now. And then, like, two or three days later, I got an email from Gat3 Studios, from Trenton, who is um, our producer now. And uh, he emailed me and said, hey, we... Are the studio. We work with churches and worship leaders to give them amazing products um, that you won't really have access to otherwise. We'd love to work with you. Let me know if you want to set up a phone call. And uh, so I was like, who is this person? And <laughs> where do they get my information from? Um, because that exact same day, I had reached out to somebody else that I knew was from Charlotte about a song that I had written that my pastor was encouraging me to to put out there. Hmm. Um, so uh, that same day, I get an email from Trenton. So I'm like, oh, wow, what is going on here? <laughs> um, and then I emailed him back. was like, yeah, I'd love to talk. Um, but I didn't hear back from him for a long time. I guess the email had gone to a spam folder. And so um, finally, he got back to me and said, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. We would really love to, to talk to you, to work with you. Um, so let's figure out a time to get together. And um Long story short, in a lot of prayer and conversations, I felt like the Lord said to me, um, in order for you to begin to take steps towards what it is I've called you to, you have to make a CD, and you have to make a really good one. So don't worry about the details. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Just do it. And as you take that step of faith, as you begin to move, I'll continue to reveal more and more to you in the process. And so... um, I called Trent the next day and said, okay, let's do it. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so um, I went down to visit them a little over a year ago and um, get to know them. And I just, I love them from the start. They were all so kind and understood my heart for worship and my heart for the nations. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, I wouldn't have begun to work with him if I didn't feel that sense of camaraderie and that mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been beautiful. I love them so much. I wish I could spend all of my time in the studio. <laughs> so when you do go, since it's a bit of a drive, is it, you know, do you have to go over like a few days or a week's worth and just do it all in one fell swoop? Yeah. So um, when we recorded All Things New, um, we drove down on a Sunday and then we did all of our band tracking Monday through Friday. And then we came back for the weekend mm-hmm. to be home for the weekend. And then I went back down on Tuesday night and tracked vocals and some other things Wednesday through Saturday and came okay. home. And then for City Burning, it was just two days. Um, we went down and Jesse tracked drums on the first day. And he came home and then I tracked vocals and some other things on the second day. And then everything else they did with their session players. So okay. they had, you know, a ton of time to finish it. So what about your first CD, the one called Glorious? Is that through yeah. the same studio? I guess it wasn't, right? Since this was no. a years ago. No, that is long grown. Okay, so that one uh, was a last-minute effort to do some fundraising for our church. Um, we had outgrown our building, and we're going to begin moving towards going portable, which uh-huh. is what we do now. Uh, we meet in a performing arts center in a high school here in town. And uh-huh. so uh, we had a bunch of songs that I and a couple other people on our team had written. So we were like, well, let's, let's make a CD and sell it and use the money that we make to go towards raising money for the equipment we're going to need when we go portable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the ability to multi-track record at our church. And so we just turned on a click track and recorded a bunch of stuff and sent it to my friend Tim, who lives in California. And uh, he mixed everything, produced everything, and added a bunch of extra things uh, to some of the songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's how we did that CD. It's a beautiful CD. <laughs> and when was that one? That one was 2013? Uh, I think it was 2012. Okay. Well, I would like to um, actually share a song from that CD. It's the one called Holy. How mm-hmm. did Holy get on to be part of of uh, Christ for the Nations album? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of another one of those things where I just had to say yes. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have a friend here at CCC Church who really loves the music that comes from Christ for the Nations. And um, I guess she gets their newsletter, and she forwarded it to me, and they said that they had an open song submission for their next CD if you wanted to submit a song mm-hmm. that they would consider it. And so she forwarded it to me right as we were recording Glorious and said, hey, you should consider you know, sending one of your songs to these people. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um so Holy was one of the only ones that I had back from Tim. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of in going through and listening to the kind of music that Christ for the Nation did, I didn't really feel like anything that I had was going to jive well with what their style was, mm-hmm. you know? So I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I sent Holy anyway, and um, I never heard back from them for a while. And then one day I got an email that was like, hey, we're considering your song for our CD. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So then um, as it got closer and closer, they're like, yeah, we're definitely going to do your song on the CD. And the recording was like the day before or the day after my birthday. 
Oh, my. Like, I have to go. I have to go be there for this. So, um, I, uh, my mom got me a plane ticket, and uh, my husband and I went down to Dallas for um, their live recording. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, it was super cool. It's a little disorienting, you know, mm-hmm. to um, write a song, and you hear it a certain way, and then to see or hear another group reinterpret it. Yeah, um, I bet. It's awesome. I mean, it's really cool, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, if uh-huh. I want other people doing my stuff, then I, I want them to to reinterpret it for themselves. Um, but it was my first experience with that, you know? So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, so that's what that feels like. <laughs> um, but they did a really cool job with the instrumentation and uh, the arrangement of the song was really cool. And so they also picked a song off of All Things New that they're getting ready to release uh, next week, actually. Nice. Um, Which one? The Greatest Faithfulness. Okay. How exciting. Yeah, yeah. Very so, cool. and Holy, you know, is straight out of Psalm 29. Um, I literally just took words from Psalm 29 and re-articulated some of them, but that's basically where the song came from. I love it because it's so quiet and yet so powerful. It's got this sort of, you know, undercurrent of, of something happening and, and just, just this power. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, when you think of holiness, like... Holiness is very heavy to me. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, God, it's holy, yay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, holiness is a very, very heavy and deep thing. Mm-hmm. And so I um, I wanted to somehow figure out how to articulate that through music, just the weight of the glory of God that comes through his holiness. And so, anyways, I hope that that kind of comes through in the mystery of the song. You know, It absolutely does. Yes. So again, listeners, this song is called Holy. This is from Callie's uh, first CD called Glorious. Your voice, O Lord, is power. The God of glory thunders. The sound of mighty waters echoes deep within my soul. Echoes deep within my soul Your name alone is majesty God of all eternity Your beauty shines in glory Lord, we stand in awe of you Lord, we stand in awe of you. Holy, you are holy. All the glory to your name. Jesus, you are mighty. Strength and glory to
It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, so, Callie, do you have a song of your own that you've written that really stands out to you or speaks to you? Yeah. So I think Light the Way is um, a song that really articulates the journey that I've been on over mm-hmm. the last year or so. Um, and it's kind of that feeling of following the leading of the Lord that sometimes it feels like the waves are crashing around you or that you can't see where you're going. But, you know, he's promised that um, his spirit goes before us, um, Mm -hmm. that he is always with us. And it's the idea that living a life in surrender to Jesus is beautiful, but it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. I would say Mm -hmm. most of the time it's not. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have to trust that as we live in submission to him, that step by step he is going to light the path for us so that we can follow um, I just posted a blog not too long ago about um, how Lele was in the back seat and she was saying, Mommy, go faster, go faster. And I mm-hmm. told her, well, Lele, I can only go as fast as the person in front of me. And I was thinking a lot about how 
if we are following Jesus, we should only want to go as fast as he is leading us to go, mm. you know? I like mm-hmm. to go fast. I like to do things fast. I want to, you know, swerve out around them so I can see what's coming or um, whatever. But, you know, there's a trusting that we have to do um, as we die to ourselves. And so that song, I think, articulates that really well. And um, the story behind writing the song is cool. Um, can I share that? Absolutely. So uh, the chorus... Is a, is a little snippet that had come out of the prayer room. I mentioned that I lead worship in a prayer room every week. And yes. it's an hour, hour and a half of worship and prayer. A lot of it's spontaneous. A lot of it is songs that people are familiar with. So it's just a really unique place to go for mm-hmm. worship and just to see what God does. Um, so one day, my husband was leading with me. And I think that might be the only time he's ever led with me. And uh, that, that little chorus came out exactly the way that it's in the song. Hmm. Um and so I really liked it. I recorded it real fast on my phone, and I uploaded <laughs> it on Cloud Account. And uh, we were in the studio and uh, recording everything for All Things New. It was our last day of drum tracking. Mm-hmm. So Jesse had to leave. We don't have a lot of time. And we were going to redo Holy, um, but we just didn't feel like sonically it was going to fit with the rest of the music on the CD. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, okay, well, what do we do? So they randomly pulled up SoundCloud and started flipping through little things that I had in there, and they found that chorus <laughs> for Life Away. And they were like, didn't even finish listening to the whole thing, but they are like, this is awesome, we're wow. doing this. And so they, I'm sitting back in the piano booth, like, by myself, watching this happen, you know, so I can't even hear what they're saying, <laughs> I'm just watching them. And um, so they come back to me, all excited, with this chord progression. Hmm. And... Um, they handed it to me and they were like, okay, you're going to play this for this many beats and just explain the progression to me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so do that. And then they're like, okay, now let's come up with a bridge. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> you um, didn't even know that it was about Light the Way yet? Oh, I, I can't remember if I did or not. I must have because I need a progression for the chorus. Okay. But, uh-huh. We come up with a bridge and then we finish recording the piano part. And they're like, okay, sweet. Let's get the drums in there. So then... As they're tracking the drums and the bass, I just, from listening to how things are going, went into another room and wrote out some lyrics for it. Hmm. And um, so I posted a status on Facebook that day and said, this is really cool, spontaneous songwriting happening in the studio right now. And um, the lady that had encouraged me to submit Holy to Christ of Nations commented on my status and said, I was praying for that very thing this morning for you. Oh, that wow. God passed away and he would, you know, do something that he wanted to do despite any plans that had already been made. Hmm. And so I saw that was like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> so then what was really cool is I start writing the lyrics. I um, finished it and recorded the scratch track really quickly. And I came home and I showed it to my husband. And um, the first verse was um, based off of a dream that he had had right before I came down there. Um, and then the second verse says, Your call is greater still, calling me to die that I might live. Mm-hmm. And Daniel goes, Do you remember? And I was like, Remember what? And he said, Do you remember when we were in the prayer room that day? You were singing that chorus, Your word is led to my feet. He said, At the same moment that you were singing those words, I was singing the words in your second verse. Oh, my like, goodness. Ver- and he said, do you remember that? And I was like, uh, no. Wow. And he said, well, then the Holy Spirit is talking to you because that's exactly what I was singing. 
at the same moment you were singing that chorus. And so it was just like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> so listeners, this is Light the Way by Callie Garrett on her All Things New CD. Uncharted waters reach While I walk so enjoyed having you on the show today. Uh, thank you Thanks. so much for, you know, taking time out of your schedule, um, for sharing your heart it, and, and for encouraging us as listeners and as believers. Um, you know, everything that you are a part of, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Folks who are listening in, I, I hope you have been as inspired as I have been listening to Callie. 
um, and her story and her songs, just in believing and knowing and having the faith that that there is something that is so much bigger than us that is going on right now that, you know, that as we do our little part in our little corner of our little world, it is, it's so much more than that in the spiritual that God is building his kingdom and shining his light through each one of us. So I hope you can take this encouragement into the next week with you and uh, just, you know, bless others as he has blessed us. So I hope to see you again next week. Also, if you guys want to uh, stay in touch, you can go to Sounding the Light Facebook page. You can just like it and you'll be able to see every Friday who is coming up. You can also look on the side of the podcast page right here where it says to subscribe and you will start getting a newsletter. So exciting things here at Sounding the Light. And I would love for you to be a part of this with me. So take care until next week here on SoundingTheLight.com. 